Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good to be back on another Tuesday night. Another episode of For Such a Time as This. We are thankful to God for His continued grace and mercy. Thankful for God how He just keeps on doing great things for people like us. It's another day that God looked beyond our thoughts and saw our needs. And because of that, you and I are here on today. We don't deserve it, but thanks be to God, He keep on doing things for us that we don't deserve. And so we just bless God for just life and life within us. We're thankful and grateful to be here again on tonight. Again, we have Brother Sam Miller, Reverend John Mason, and myself, Reverend Jesus Timmer. We make up the ministry of for such a time as this. And on tonight, we're back with another episode. We're going to ask um, Reverend Mason, if he would, if he would lead us in prayer, and then we'll seek to say, see what God has to say and what he's already said in his word. Reverend Mason, if you would, if you would lead us in prayer, we'll go ahead on and seek to get into this lesson. All right, Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another day that you allow yes, us to see. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for life, help and strength. Thank you. And thank you for being better to us than we've been to ourselves. Yes, sir. And Father, tonight as we embark into this lesson tonight, give us the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what we need to have in order to present that to your people, Father, who yes, are waiting with waiting years, Father. Yes, Father, help us to be able to expound on your word tonight in a way where even a child can understand. Yes, Lord. And Father, we just pray that there is someone there that will be listening tonight, that this word will be able to help in some type of way. Yes. Father, we know that your word, once it goes out, we will not return more, but it will accomplish the very thing that it was set out to be. And Father, we ask tonight that somebody might be saved by what we say tonight, Father. Somebody might come back to you tonight because they might be a backslider, and we know that you're married to the backsliders. So help us tonight, Father, to say something that will bring a change in someone's life. We thank you for tonight. And we just believe it's done already in advance. Thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Good to be back in the house of the Lord. Oh, nobody call this the house of the Lord. I guess it is the Lord's house. We have a we know that the fool is there, look, that includes your house. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm just renting. You just written to spend a little bit of time. Well, on tonight, we want to delve into something that has to do with the time we're living in, but just life period. As you can see the topic, our topic tonight is ain't no need to work. 
No need to worry. So tonight we're going to look at a portion of Matthew chapter 6 and then we're going to run over to John 14 1. We just want to uplift the word on tonight. We thank everybody that's going to join and it will be joined. We thank those of you all that have been supporting this ministry. We just bless God for you all. We hope and pray that something we say, as Reverend Mason said, helps somebody along the way. Amen. We bless God for these brothers. We thank them for their dedication and their commitment to this ministry. Because if the truth be told, we could all be somewhere else, but we purpose in our hearts that on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be right here at the table for another episode of for such time as this. So let's go ahead on and take a leap into what we're going to deal with on tonight. Give me just a moment while I read just a few verses and we'll seek to see what God has to say. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. And yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bones. But yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Or why, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not even much more clothe you? You, O you, ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, my, my, my. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And John 14 and 1. John says these words. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's enough right there. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Ain't no need to worry. As Christians, gentlemen, you will hear some people say they don't worry about nothing. Uh, let's see. Let Jay-Z that had that song there. I ain't got no words. <laughs> uh, okay, just because you're billionaire don't mean you ain't got no words. But there are people that say they don't work. They say, I'm just concerned. <laughs> but I want to suggest to us that 
I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. I don't care how saved you are. The right thing can cause you to worry. What does it mean? What does worry mean? Worry is mental distress or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something anticipated or impending. In other words, it's anxiety. But Sam, do you ever worry? I'll be lying if I say I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be lying if I say I did. I... Even with my worries, I, I stop because I know who to take it to. And that's, that's the key. Because I always say sometimes you can't. You just can't take the end of it. It's like we talked about, I think we had a discussion one time have our conversation sometimes like you don't take a lessons to the board yet. Yeah, you don't You know, you you know, you know, you don't take the Toyota, you know, out to the Mercedes dealership or shade tree mechanic, you know. So you take it to the to the to the one certified, I think they you know, certified. Certified. That's that's what we take on. Yeah, I, 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 I just listen to Brother Sam, that was a good point. Uh, a lot of times when I'm doing the uh, premarital counseling, that's one of the examples that I would use in there. Uh, if they're going to have problems, which they will, and when they have problems, I give that example. You know, uh, if you have Mercedes Benz, we can take it to a Chevrolet dealership. And everybody said, no. I said, well, why, why would you take God's marriage? which it was his idea and his institution that he came up with, why would you take it to somewhere other than him? Right. If you want answers on how to fix the matter. Uh, but that's, that's a good point, uh, Brother Sam. You know, why, why would we resort to other things, first of all, instead of taking it to God first, knowing that uh, if you really believe that he is who you say he is all the time, especially when we say, well, he's a bridge over troubled waters, you know, he, he's that light at the end of the tunnel. He can make a way out of nowhere, you know. See, see a lot of times in, in, in the process of word, God would test what you say, especially on Sunday, to see if you really mean all that. Monday through 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 Saturday, right. and if you do, uh, it's it's gonna stay. But he would test what you say just to see if it's just lip service. Because a lot of times we get lip service, uh, but we don't, as as they would say, we don't practice what we preach. And a lot of times we be tested, and one of the great tests for for us uh, as Christians is. Uh, put us in situations uh, where we have to work, uh, where we should work, but we do. Uh, and somebody said, you, you said that again, uh, Professor, you said that uh, some people say they don't worry, they have concern. Well, it means the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. 
you know, uh, people worry for different reasons, you know. It's, 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 it's just amazing. Uh, I, I guess the rich worry about me and Brooke. You know. <laughs> so what do the poor worry about? Uh, trying to be rich. <laughs> that they're worried, you know, that they're trying to be rich and things are not working. So they worry about that. You know, they're like I've been poor long enough. I struggled long enough. And so I want to be rich. So I'm worried about how do I make that happen. Not even so much as that. It's kinda of like sometimes it's like I know I work hard for my money. I know I do these things. Why why do they have these things and they're doing nothing more than what I'm doing? Why why don't I have those things? Exactly. And, and I come to the realization that is you're not prepared to receive what God has for you right now. Because you're wanting it. True. You know, it's, 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 and then when you start thirsting for it, then you really just, you know, you're making a mess of it. Exactly. But then when the mess comes, it's like, you know, I think we have that crisis when the house they would give money to everybody mm -hmm. to get homes. They couldn't afford the homes, but they would give them loans anyway. Exactly. And they gave them exactly what you wanted. Yeah. But then when it came time when those payments started increasing on those payments and they couldn't make it, you didn't really want that. Yeah. You really didn't want this, but now you have it. Now you don't. You can't. You can't deal with it. It's not the same thing. You you asking God for all these things. And if you expect to receive it, then when you receive it, no, I didn't want that. Not like that. I didn't want it that way. I wanted it my way, not not this way. Well, how did you want it? If you went to him in the first place, he would have divided it right to divide it in that thought process. Okay, this is more than I understand. I get Now, it's just amazing that uh, talking about that because a few verses before that. Uh, Jesus talked about uh, no man can serve two masters. You know, uh, which one are you going to be a slave to? And then he comes to these verses here that talks about a person that doesn't have as much that's worried about possession. Uh, of not having enough possession. And back those couple of verses before that it talks about a person who already has those possessions. Well, let me change that. A person who doesn't really have those possessions, but whether or not those possessions have you. It's a big difference. And you having the possession, right. or whether or not the possessions have you. And so uh, right now they're, they're worried about not having them. Especially in the time we're living in right now. We're still in the midst of this pandemic. And from all counts, it's back on the rise. And so that's going to give some people some extra frustration. And one of the main reasons we work is because it's just like the definition said. The definition said we think about some type of impending action that's going to happen. We're overly concerned about something that hasn't happened, but that's going to happen. It's supposed to happen, like not being able to meet a certain obligation. <clears throat> Children or loved ones or family members or even friends in the hospital and 
we're concerned and worried about whether they're going to pull through or not. Like on the way up here, I heard about a car being stolen last night and, and where I live at and a car chase ensuing and these guys run to this lady's house, hit the house so hard, knocked the house off some of the foundation. And now they're in the hospital. So you got family members worried whether they're gonna pull through because apparently they're in some pretty bad shape. There's all kinds of things that causes people to worry, and even Christians. All of us worry. Yes. My children are 18 hours away from me by car, three and a half hours away from me by plane. Let something happen to them. I know God is in control, but that inclination right now of not being able. I think that, that right there is what gets people that stage of not being able. Whether you're not being able to take care of this, not being able to get there, not being able to do anything. Just at that moment, until you can calm it down, until you come back like the the the, 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 the young boy that left his dad's house. Until you come to yourself and say, wait a minute, this stuff is in God's hand. See, sometimes when, when something kills us, We'll automatically go to pray. But sometimes we automatically go to work. Exactly. We don't always go to pray and immediately about stuff. Sometimes we just go straight worry. And we have to get, gather ourselves because the thing that we're worried about or we're concerned about is oftentimes out of our hands, out of our control. And so that's why you find even Christians worried. Like somebody somewhere right now worried about something. Somebody worried about how they're going to eat. There's this baby milk formula shortage still. Mother worried about how she's going to continue to feed her baby. People in Ukraine are definitely worried about whether Russia going to hit them next or something like that. It's true. Kids get ready to go back to school. Some parents worried about whether they're going to have the money to buy their kids new school clothes and new school shoes for school and stuff like that. All kinds of stuff. And the very fact that we have children and they get out of our sight and they're away from us because when they're in our presence or right around us, we feel a little bit better. But when they gone, we can take. Like I, I remember when um, one of my daughters was driving with me in the car. Ain't gonna lie to you, I was worried. <laughs> whether we were gonna make it, whether we were going or not. That, that sense of worrying has to do with not being in control. It, it has to be with us not being in control. Remember the first time I got on the plane? Too far in the air. <laughs> Somebody told me, they said, you worry when you're on the plane because you're not, you're not powered in the plane. You're not the one in control. And so whenever we find situations or encounter situations that's out of our control, that we don't have the ability to fix 
at that moment or before a certain time that puts extra stress and anxiety on us. And uh, I agree with you 100%. And, and that's one of the main problems with us is that we think we're in control when we're not in control at all. And uh, it's like you gave the example about the uh, being on the plane and people had a thought process that they're not in control because they're not behind the wheel. Uh, it reminds me of the uh, bumper sticker. And, and this is the way people think. They, they, their thinking is entirely wrong. They have the bumper sticker where they say, uh, God is my co-pilot. I'm like, okay, so you tell me that you can pilot more than or better than God can. And that's exactly what they say. Because if he's the co-pilot, that means that he's not the one that's piloting the plane. He's not the one that's driving. See, even on the bumper sticker, we're thinking that we're in control. And we've taken God and set him to the side and say, okay, I'm going to drive this thing. God, you just sit over here and you're going to be my co-pilot. And when I need you, then I call. But I'm not going to let you take the wheel first of all. And that way I wouldn't have to call with Peter if you're in control. But see, we think that we're in control. That's why we make him the co-pilot. Sad, but true. We're really, as you just said, never in control. Right. We didn't wake us up this morning. We didn't even let us go to sleep last night. Exactly. We didn't. I know we locked the doors. We got along, put the alarms on the doors. Somebody gun right by the bed, ready, locked and loaded. Exactly. But we still are not in control because there comes too there comes too many times when there are situations. Here it is, right here. If we're so in control, why do we have to call on God so often? Right. Why, why do we have to seek God for guidance and directions if we're so in control? God, sometimes we take false control. God, I got this. There's a lot of times, basically, what we tell God. No, I don't tell that God that. Yes, you do. Look at your actions. Right. Look at what you do. Look at how you respond to things. True. But the thing about the worrying is, and you were talking about the rich people, Mason. Mm -hmm. You know, some rich people worry about keeping their riches. Some of them so rich, they don't. They got so much money, unless they just go waste it, they don't worry at all. Right. Like, oh God, the one thing that we should be concerned about is our salvation. <laughs> but we don't tend to be concerned about that in some cases. Right. If you're going to worry about something, worry about whether you got it together or not. Worry about the next moment. And, and that should be a worry for the rich. Right, right. But really that should be a worry-free situation <laughs> about your salvation if you know you're saved. Exactly. So when, when, when 
I like that. I, I, I'm worried. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't. I have to. And I have to ask God to forgive me whenever it happens. Because somebody has said that worrying is an insult to God. It's true. And you know you hear the colloquial phrases, if you're going to worry, don't pray. If you're going to pray, don't worry. Well, the same person that probably made that colloquial phrase. Worry. Worries. Go. Because I, I think that's part of a growing process you in your relationship with, with God. Uh, we, we have to always consider this. Paul always addressed us Christians as children, as little children. He, he wants us to never forget that we are children of God. And see, if we are still children of God, it means that we are still growing. We're still learning. And for some of us, it takes some of us more or to go through more in order to learn what God wants us to learn. Some people might go through certain things and they get it. First time. Yeah. yeah. Some of us might go through things two or three or four times. Before we find the clicks and we get. But the whole thing is, is learning how to depend totally upon God for what He's going to do. And then the number one key to it is this when you look back, and you hear people say, when I look back over my life, see, that, that's the key. When you look back over your life, you see exactly what God has done for you and what He's still doing. And then there was times when you just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just knew, hey, this was it. You know, I don't know how God is going to work this one out. But some kind of way, he worked it out for Always. And so even when we worry now, I think, about any situation, you have to look at this thing and say, okay, is, is God bigger than this problem that just came up? And we said it before, big God Little problem. Big problem, little God. And if you see God in that way, you're going to always work. Yeah, but it's also, also the same. Because you, you talk about these times. And these times is that this generation of, of kids that were coming, it's kind of like, you put it this way, in order for a baby to get an understanding, even as a, a newborn Christian, a baby has to have been fed. Right. Has to walk, right. talk those letters. Consistent. And, and the things that's missing right now, there is no teaching for our babies, the, 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 this generation, because they're not getting that, that, that lessons, the lessons right. of who God is, what God, because in, when we were growing up, like you said, we, we stayed in church all day long on Sundays. Yeah. And we got, we got, you going to church. Mm -hmm. And you said, even if they fell asleep, if they fall asleep, they're going to get, I think, a message, they're still going to get something. Even as kids, when we went, kids are observant. Right. And the things that they see, they'll do. That's true. So if they see that in your home, if it's God, you're praising God, you're worshiping God, you, you have these tools that who is God, this is God in my house, this is my provider, they get it because they see it. If you have in your home, we turning up, right. we doing this thing, yeah. that's what they, they're seeing it. And you see it on, on, on many platforms. That's true. Kid, little baby kids. 
they laughing and they giggling because they're doing these grown-up dances. Right. Oh. Man. But then, it, it, and, and then you wonder why as they get a little bit older, you slapping me in my own house. Right. You're not gonna do this, or you're afraid. Yeah. See, it, it comes. It has to be a learned thing as well. It has to be taught. It's what they model. Yeah. And, right. and 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 it has to be this. This word is man. It's just food for the soul. But if you don't get get it the right way, it'll choke you off. Yeah. Because it's too much for you to handle because you didn't get the understanding of it all. You true. have to take it as, as it's given to you in small portions. Then you can walk a little bit, you crawl, and then you can get it. Then you get that real food. Now you know who God is. There you, go. you have to stuff some substance there. Sure. When we were I hate to say it, but it's like we forget about God for the moment. Mm -hmm. we, we just forget that same people that will testify God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, they'll tell you there's nothing too hard for God, and they'll say, yeah, I'm too blessed to be stressed, they'll tell you. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think of. He'll tell you, he took care of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the fire furnace. Daniel in the lion's den, Paul and Silas, locked up in prison, Peter. And they'll tell you all that stuff that they know about God. But when certain situations hit, all that stuff goes out the window. Where is all of that then? It's the moment sometimes outweighs what we know about God oftentimes. It's about the level of pressure sometimes that people are under that causes them, it's like you have a momentary lapse of who God is to allow whatever dilemma, problem, circumstance to cloud your mind about who God is. Right. The same God that you said can do anything but fail, we be stressing at that moment because we, we like smoking over, I need you now. Yeah. That, that, that's when we want God. We want God right now to take this pressure off of this situation. And when he comes through and do it, there's that level of relaxing again. Thank you, Jesus. God, you know, Lord, I know you. Thank you. You made a way, God, you didn't have to do All that praise, but sometimes we got to learn how to praise God in the midst of problems. We, we got to praise him in spite of what's going on. Because unlike some folks were told, every day on the Christian journey, is not howdy, howdy, hello, everybody. Right. It's not just roses, a bed of roses. People tend to forget some roses have thorns on. It ain't just pie in, your, in the sky, it's pie in your face sometimes. But when, we, when it comes to us and that moment, that void that we can't feel at that immediate time, we, we tend to forget about God in that moment. Or we asking God to come through and he don't. 
And when he don't come through, we seek to find measures. And so we're stressing and we're anxious because we feel we got to get this done. We feel this got to be done now. People, again, people worried about all kinds of things. Again, look where we are right now. Look at food prices, y'all. Look at gas prices. And then you gotta be careful because there's all kind of tricks and plots and schemes out here. People tell you do this, do that, and they're really hurting you because they're leading you, and that'll lead you into a deeper sense sometime of anxiety, stress, and worry. So it's like we do like Peter did when the Lord came walking on the water. He said, Lord, if that you bid me to come unto you on the water. Jesus said, come. Peter got out of the boat, started walking out the water. But what did he do? He started sinking. Why? Because he took his eyes off Jesus. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus and put them on the situation, instead of the one who can handle the situation, that's when we get into this place called work. Great work, yeah. I think we, as, even as Christians, uh, Christ told us, he said, said, in this world, you should have tribulation. Okay? But he says also, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Yes, sir. All right, now, he, he warns us at the beginning and tells us, when these things come, don't let it be a surprise to you, because I'm telling you right now that they're going to happen. But what I'm also doing at the same time is giving you some assurance that you're going to be okay. So if he's already told us these things are going to happen, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't worry about it because Jesus already said, okay, these tribulations, these, these trials, and all these situations are going to happen to you in this life. But guess what? I got you. He says, I got you. He said, but be a good chip because I have already overcome not a few things. <laughs> In this world, but I've overcome the world. He's saying, So I'm the answer basically to all your worries. All you got to do is just trust me. That's all you got to do. But see, sometimes it's the problems that we focus on more than anything else. And, and our prayers would be, Lord, help me to not to look at the problem. Because you, you're too big, too, you're too big of a God for me to work. If I can believe in Genesis chapter one, first four the first four words, why should I let everything else that comes after that worry me? If God said in the beginning, God, God started all this that you see that we live in, even when you look at all of His creation. That should blow us away right there. That should give us the confidence right there and say, now if God can do all of that, then what is my problem? The problem is, I am the problem. 
That's the problem. That's the problem. Because it's the moment. Right. That moment takes the focus. It's just like with Peter. He's walking on the water. Right. As long as he's looking at Jesus, he's good. Right. But the moment he took his eyes off Jesus. And that's what happens. Right. Again, the pressure, the problem. Right. What we can't help, that's our problem. And when we can't handle it and God don't do it right then, oh, that, that's an issue. We're the problem. Of course. It ain't the problem that we looking at. That's the problem. We are the problem. <laughs> so we got to fix us. Yeah. It's kind of like you keep you, you say it, but until you until you you and, and I understand it. Once you can tend to go through things like Peter did, yeah, he goes through, through some, a lot of things. Well, he got to the point where there's nothing going to make his way. But look what he had to go to in order to get there. As that maturity level yeah, yeah, yeah. But let one of our children be a wreck. Mm -hmm. We get the car. They're on the way to the hospital. We on the way to the hospital. We pray while we're on the way. Right. Can't tell me that even in the midst of praying, worry ain't gonna come in there somewhere. It's true. I, I think it, it's gonna come in there. I think the, the, the biggest thing is, is, is the, not the worry part. I think it's the concern part. Because but he said concerning worry the same way. No, worry mobilizes you. <laughs> worry makes you not operate as normal. Concern makes you go into action and do some things. That's the difference between the two. Because the concern will make you, it'll make you go into action. The worry part, it just immobilizes you. Puts you in it, you cannot operate as normal, as the same person. You're, you're not the same person because the worry has taken all over you. are not the same. Right. You, you're not. But why does worry take over us? We allow it to. It, it, it's, it's, that, it's that part of it. It's just that part of us, man, that we, we fight with. And I think we'll, we'll, to the end, we'll always fight with it. There's, it'll never stop. It, it won't, because we'll have that. It's, it's, it's that part of us. It's just how do we worry less? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it has to be a point where like we that. have to worry less than what it is. But it's, it's hard because it's a... It'll have to be a learned thing. It'll have to be, I mean, it really has to be something deep. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep. Because like you said, man, when you're a child, you're seed, you know, man, that work. Something, whether it's somebody hurt, even growing up before we got to where we wouldn't, you know, somebody do something, mine or do something, that, man, it's the whole out of body. No, you didn't. It's just like, instantly. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's it. 
and you know you care and love that child so much that you don't want anything bad to happen to him. And right now, the reality of it is something bad has happened. Mm -hmm. So how can you fix your mind to not worry about reality that's happened? It's like if somebody walks up to you and slaps you in the face and, <laughs> and, and you say, okay, well, did I get slapped or I didn't? But there's a big old handprint on the side of your face. That's you know, evidence that you did get slapped. Okay, so how do you avoid the slap once the slap has happened and deny that you've been slapped? It takes some willpower because it happened to me. And I'm going to be honest, I was in the lunch line one day. And I was just standing, I didn't do anything. This guy came up and slapped me. And I didn't answer, I was like, it took a while. I mean, it didn't take four, five, six. Yeah. I was like, a thought process of what? What just happened here? And I was like, you just, you just got me. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was a time frame in there. Right. Right. And I just, it was, it was no, you know, it was an instantaneous rage. You know, I'm like, for no reason whatsoever. Wow. And that's how worry, I think worry consumes us. Once it hit us in that instant moment, man, we're worried because you just got a phone call. And that's not something you expect, man. And the worry, it's like a, yeah. you yeah. know, you're lost like a deer in headlights, man. Yeah, that's you, where you don't have time it, in that instant to adjust it, to it, because it's, it's the reality of what just happened has overwhelmed you. At that time, the way even though you're a child of God and you know what He can do and what He has done for you, all that's been established. But when the reality of whatever that is uh, that hits you, you're not thinking about that at the moment. It takes some time for everything to sit in. That's like like with death. Uh, when death happens, people are shocked when it happens. Because no matter how much you prepare yourself for it, you can't prepare yourself for it. When it happens, it's a shock. It, it grabs your attention. Can't believe y'all just talking to this woman or the other day. And now they're dead. You can't process dead like that. And it just happened. You process life all day. Because that's what you're accustomed to. That's what you're used to. But when it comes down to death, you can't process death, man. I'm still trying to process my, my mom and dad dying less than two months apart. Man. I understand that. But I think um, I was wanting to say this. Uh, you know, most of us are aware uh, that worry makes us anxious. Okay, It makes us uh, upset. Uh, they were doing some research and they said that uh, one of the things about worry uh, is that we still lean on worry when it comes down to us facing different problems in our life. And, uh, and they say one of the reasons why we worry when we face problems is this, is that we may worry as a way to feel emotionally <coughs> prepared for the negative outcome. See, we know that God is a. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that God, that God can do everything. 
And we say he can do everything but fail. Okay? I, if we know that God can do everything, the negative outcome that we think about in these situations when we're going through is that if we know he can, <coughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that he will. And when I hear people sing these songs and they say, if God can do it for me, he will, he will do it for you. I mean, no. If God can do it for me, he can, he can do it for you. But it don't mean that he will. I had four stage cancer, which y'all know about. I'm a miracle. Because I beat four stage cancer. I'm still here. Some people had the same thing I had. They're not here. Right. So could God have healed them like he healed me? He could have. Why didn't he? I don't know. But it doesn't do anything. It doesn't erase whether he's able to do it or not. So you still can. Yes. But sometimes he chooses not to. And I could have been in the choose not to category. But for some reason, he decided to leave me here a little while longer. I'm, I'm thankful. So tonight, we're trying to get people to understand that worrying Christians, because the sinner man not going to grab this. Some may that the Holy Ghost may be working with. But for the Christian, the Bible tells us basically there's no need to worry. Yeah, no need. If you find yourself worried, gather yourself quickly. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's like a momentary lapse or however long of reality that you lose. Because here in this sixth chapter, you know we got to deal with the content. That's true. <clears throat> this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And in verses 1 through 4, he's teaching on giving. In verses 5 through 15, he's teaching on prayer. Mm -hmm. And 16 through 24, he's, yeah, 16 through 18, he's teaching on fasting. And in verse 19 through 24, he's teaching on the way you lay in your treasures up there. Mm -hmm. And here in this 25th verse, he starts teaching on worry. He says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Don't be anxious. He's talking about food now. About what you going to eat. Somebody right now worried about feeding their kids. They're going to have a little bit in the cupboards on the refrigerator. You know and I'm going to ask God, and I may never hear this testimony, to lay somebody, lay that person that's worried on somebody's heart, send them to the grocery store to take some food by the house. Because God has done that thing before. Some, some mother, babies crying, children, mama, I'm hungry. And mama worried about how she's going to feed those kids before the night. I've seen it before. I've seen a mother worry how she's going to feed her four kids. But God made a way. That's how I'm going to tell somebody. God, God will make a way. You, you got you to gotta stop the worry and seek the one who can do anything. 
When you worry and this just hitting, your faith is not where it should be. Right. Your faith is not where it should be. So, you got to check your faith. That's one reason. But he said, don't, don't take no thought. Don't get anxious about this thing. And sometimes things look rough, they look bad, they look like they're not going to work out. And it's difficult to say right now not being in that situation. But God knows what he's doing when he allows us to get in those situations. Sometimes we put ourselves in those situations. Sometimes God is allowed you to do that. Right. <laughs> Sometimes God is testing us. But Peter said, beloved, in 1 Peter 4, 12 uh, and 13, he said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Situations, I mean, like, when he said, look, he said, fiery trials. Mm -hmm. That's why we say sometimes things are just hot, they're heavy on people. But this is part of what we're supposed to go through. I often tell people, sometimes you seem like you're in the oven. God ain't trying to bake you, he's trying to make you. He's not. He's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to employ you. God has ways of bringing us to him. Sometimes he lets trouble get heavy on us to bring us closer to him. Because you summed it up. He is the opposite of everything that you're going through. You know, the, 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 the pain Discomfort, he'll comfort you through every, you know, those situations. He says, "All right, but if you turn to him, yeah. those are the things. That's who he is. That's what he's saying. This is what I am. You turn to to those things that come against you. I'm, I'm loving. That's true. That's true. See, so say, don't worry about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink." Or what you go put on your body. He said, let me show you something. Behold, the fowl of the air. <laughs> Verse 26. He said, they don't sow. Neither do they reap nor gather in the barn. Yet your heavenly father, my God today. If he's your heavenly father, one thing you can rest assured of. God take care of his children. True. Sometimes he'll whoop his children. But God take care of his children. I think I shared with one of y'all one time. Pastor I was with in Oklahoma. He had to do a revival one night. And he didn't feel good, but he preached out of Hebrews. And he preached about God's chastening those who love, he loved. And the guest, the host pastor, after my, my dear pastor got up and finished preaching, the host pastor said, I ain't never heard a sermon that make me want God to walk me. Because one of the things that he brought out in the sermon is that when God is whooping you, his hand is on you. 
So for somebody that feel like God is whooping you, at least his hand is still on you. He hasn't taken his hand off of you. Right. He chasing who's he, whom he loves. If you, he don't whoop you, you're not his. So when you're going around doing in and everything and, and ain't nothing happening, there's nothing happening to you, check yourself calling yourself a child of God. He said, your heavenly father feedeth them. Then he asked the question, are you not much more better than they? And we are better than they. He tells us, don't worry. He said, look at, at the lyrics. <laughs> he said, Solomon, with all his glory, wasn't dressed as fine as one of them. The, the, the key is, because we are human, because we wrapped up in this stuff called flesh, we will worry. I don't care what you say. Okay, I saved you all. Okay, the right thing can make. Now, there are some people that they don't worry about some stuff, but they just bat in tune with God. There are some people. I know a man one time told me, he said, got a letter in the mail, said, you gotta pay five thousand dollars by tomorrow at five o'clock. Blah 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 blah. He said he just looked at the letter, folded it up, put it in the drawer. The next day, day, whatever was meant to be done, and he didn't have it, but it was taken care of. It's it's sometimes worrying deals with again going back to this your level of faith. You know. Jesus, Lord, increase their faith. Somebody you worry because your faith is not where it's supposed to be. God is just trying to, sometimes he'll do things to increase your faith. Sometimes he'll give you that but God testimony. The only person that I was la 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 but God came to. But God made a way. God has a way of showing us who he is. He has a way of letting us know I am what I say I am. Who I say I am. That's why he say I am that I am. What you need bread, I'm bread in the start of man. You need water, don't worry, I'm water in dry places. Bridges out, I'm a bridge over troubled water. God can, God will. Come see about his his children. It's true. It is. And he said, and I think it's it's, it's kind of like when you say, and, and, and this is when I say take no thought. But when you let that thought hit you for an instant, and the thought is already taking you. It is. It's taking you already. It's taking you. Because the thought of it is, I love my kids. That thought within itself, but that, that letting the thought take them away from. The react what God says, you know. I mean, that's yeah, what, of His work, you know. The thought is taking them, it's drawing them away from. He's like, "Oh, God, I just told you." Until you get, hopefully, at some point, say, "Okay, you know, the moment has passed. I have to really sit down and this is the thought of." But like you said, some people just don't, you know, don't let it work. But that once that thought, that thought, man, can go easily so many places. 
at the same time until you get back to the the real, you know, foundation of, of who God is. That is right there. That thought takes you there. Yeah,